Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, we're kicking off 2023 with a look at product mix, how it affects the business and when you can get too complex with it. We're also talking about the show that Ian's recently been to in Germany and all sorts of things that have been happening in the demo store that we've been building to help teach you. So let's get started. Ian, how are you? Good afternoon. Happy Christmas, Happy New Year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've actually, I think I spoke to you a little bit over, over you, New no, Year. But not, not, you you not tried much. to avoid me. It's because I would just talk to you about work and you're like, no, I don't want to know. Yeah, you did. You did ring me. I was in bed one, one day and you said, I want you to go back to work and I want you to do this report. And I was like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And then you well, hung I didn't up on hang me. up. I just sort of got to go. Because uh, no, normally you know, what happens go. when I do that is that you do it. But in this case, you didn't. Yeah. So, oh, it didn't work. No. So then I had to I say, like, oh, I'm really sorry, please. And then you still didn't do it. So it's fine. It's okay. I, I gave you some notes. I gave you enough notes to yeah. kind of do it, do the things, but I didn't no, do it. No, it was fine. It was still okay. Didn't you? don't need um, you. You slow me down. No, it's true. Yeah. Just lay down. Yeah. yeah. I'm a stupid, stupid <laughs> brother. Um, yeah. That's Mark, by the way. That's yeah, Mark. thanks. <laughs> yes. So, um, I mean, it was nice to have a break and not um, not get up in the mornings. And then this week's week. It's always the first week back and you're kind of like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, do you know what? <laughs> like... E-commerce generally, e-commerce trading's good, done pretty well. Jan- people saying people have good yeah. they've had good January yeah. January so thus far it's been a good January for a lot of e-com um, for our brands it's been good as well for our e-commerce brands it's been good it's had a good start in fact it's equal it's actually yeah. uh, it's actually higher than November so far mm. one thing one thing that has has been really interesting is like you know obviously we've been doing a lot of really big e-commerce brands for a long long time and then we we did the demo store which we used to teach people in march and i think because i've done it at the same time as as wanting to teach people it's really made me understand it so much better and like if i was coaching at the beginning of last year compared to the beginning of this year it seems so much easier it seems so much obvious more obvious what I've got to say um, now we've been, you know, now we've been through, through that experience and it's just, you know, you don't, like, it, I think a lot of the time when you're doing it for yourself, you don't know what you know until you kind of have to teach it. And then when you have to teach it, you suddenly go, well, hang on a minute. I know what I, I kind of know what I do yeah. in this situation. But well, I don't it know gives you, you know, it's that. given us a bit more empathy, hasn't it? Um, I mean, you know, we've been very, yeah. We, we we created created a brand, an econ brand, and you know we launched it probably about June actually, 
Um, and it's done well, you know, all, all things considered, we've done, you know, six figures in the first year and, yeah. you know, so from yeah. nothing. And actually I was thinking, you know, we launched it at the worst possible moment in the history of e-commerce because it was just on the coming out of lockdown. It was like, it's like April, wasn't it? Um, really yeah, April, it was, but we started it was, to It was basically when... Of, yeah. COVID, so had, COVID just happened. had just happened. Yeah. Sorry, the low no lockdown had finished. So lockdown had finished. The shops were just mm. all opening up. And it was at the same time where people were really starting to struggle with e com. Uh, well, when I say yeah. really struggle, the, you know, the, the, the growth had, had fallen away. Anyway, so we launched it then. Anyway, and still managed to take it to over six figures for the first year. So it's quite cool. So, so, <clears throat> so what I thought would be nice to talk about, in fact, we were just chatting about it before. And, um, I think it's quite interesting. So this week, you know, we're, we're in the position now where we think, okay, how do we scale? How do we scale this demo store? And it's, you know, soft furnishings, it's, you know, it's bedding, basically. And we're thinking, how do we scale it? So I I went to a big trade show uh, this week, um, you know, as a, as an e-commerce owner uh, in Frankfurt, and it was the, it was a big textile show. And it was looking at all the different yeah. suppliers and, of bedding and cushions and pillows and throws and rugs and all those kind of things. Like every type of home textile you could imagine was there. And yeah. what is interesting is it's really before going to the to the trade show, you know, we're like, okay, how do we how do we double? How do we double the revenue now? You know, what what would we do? Mm. We had to, you know, gun to our head, had to double it. And there come the come a point where you know, we have, we're going to have enough bedding, right? So, you know, we've got a category for bedding. That's the main category at the moment, you know, so it's duvet covers, sheets. Um, and, you know, there's going to be a point where you go, you know what? We've got enough of bed at the bedding range, you know? So when people come on, you know, mm. they're going to find what they want. And so, you know, if we wanted to double the revenue, the answer wouldn't be, Let's double the bedding range. Let's get different colors and different patterns, and we'll do 300 thread count, 400 mm. thread count, 800 thread count. Three, like, it wouldn't have any material impact on the growth. And, yeah, of course, yeah. you know, you, there's going to be certain trends that take off. But ultimately, you know, if you get the core range right, we've realized this now, we're already there. If we get the core range of bedding right, um, we've got a really good range. And we don't need to increase the bedding range. What we need to do is in, is increase the other categories because, you know, we're in the position now where we've got margin is, you know, let's call it, you know, 50, 55, 60% overall. So we're quite happy with margin. You know, margin is pretty, it's pretty, pretty good. We're not going to get massive gains from margin. So we've got average order value and lifetime customer value. And actually we're pretty happy with the conversion rate. So really what we've got to play with is average yeah. order value and lifetime customer value. So if you put it in that perspective, how are we going to increase those two? What's more realistic? So take average order value. So if we go out and buy a load more bedding, is that going to increase average order value? No, it isn't. It's not going to increase the average order value. Yeah. Um, the only way we can increase average order value is really adding on other pro products like the throws and the cushions. You know, and quilts yeah. and things like that. But let me just can I just take yeah. a step back there? Because what you're saying is quite interesting. And I think that what people tend to do is 
let's say it's let's say let's just get a different example let's say i'm selling rugs for example like at some point when someone's looking for a rug you're going to have you know the main search terms in the business is like blue rug hall rug um you know hessian rug those kind of things and adding more combinations of hessian rugs and blue rugs is not going to help increase the conversion rate because you've already got enough yeah. of a selection for someone to make a choice yeah. on that. So the difficulty is when you start out, you'll start out with a very, very small range. And as you add more ranges, you'll get a, you'll get a revenue boost. But that is a law of diminishing returns. And what we're saying is, is that there's a mistake on the e-commerce um, manager's or commerce owner's point is that I'll keep doing that. And what all you're doing is effectively adding complexity to the to the business without any real gain and you've got to be very careful that you don't do that because you know from you know managing well, stock you, on you're a adding, shopify site yeah. or, a, or a magento site it gets very well, complicated also from a cash flow perspective you know and taking on so many different yeah. lines and, and you there's definitely there was this you know I, I see it all the time there was there was this preconception that okay we want to double Right, we've got to double the bedding range, and I, and, and I was chatting to um, companies selling rugs the other day, and, they, and they're yeah. a really big European e-commerce brand for rugs. And he said, "You know what? We've got so many rugs already that you know, by adding more rugs, it doesn't make any difference to our revenue. So you know, basically, people come mm-hmm. to the site and they go, oh, there's lots of rugs here. I'm going to find what I want. So by adding another hundred different styles of rugs.'" It wouldn't make anything. All that would happen, it would it would actually make it, it more confusing for the customer because there's this paradox of choice. It would make it more complicated for that for them from a brand, from a stock and a supplier yeah. perspective. And the other thing also is that you know, they were basically they were going to buy a rug anyway. So they started to, yeah. to remove some of the lower average order value rugs because they kind of thought, well, mm. they take away some of the bottom tier that were a lower margin, lower average order value. And basically, people still bought, but they bought higher average order value piece you know anyway mm. so that that's just what was happening so i was walking around the trade show with you know our our business partner and you know i mean and and this sort of the, this default was 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 adding much more complexity around that core range and i was like it's not there's no there's no need to add another range of bedding you know add a, add a yeah. different thread count it isn't going to make any difference you know um, and so, yeah, you know, so you said you, you said you met someone, you know, some of the big players who sell who get like four or five containers yeah, a month so, into so whilst we're there, America. What's interesting, you know, you're walking around these trade shows and, you know, what, what was an interesting question for me was who are you supplying and to hear what you hear, what they're saying and, and what's the volume, you know, so you start to ask, yeah. you, okay, who are you supplying in, in different countries? You know, so these going up to these bedding, who are you supplying? Oh, we're supplying such and such, a, you know, um, site. And and what are you supplying them? And they go, oh, it's, it's just this. And it, it often mm. t- seemed that it was a very specific product line um, that they'd honed in on and, and refined and got really good at selling that one thing. And so in this particular mm. case, it was an American brand, and they were selling um, pillows and sheets and things. And they were doing, I think it was like 15 containers a month, you know, from this one wow. factory, which is, you know, $200,000 a container. Every, 15 wow. every month. So that's significant. And, you know, when you actually ask them what they were selling, it's very, very 
um, simple. It wasn't a complicated range. And I, and I was saying, thinking, oh, this is like, you know, this is where it's online can be different to a bricks and mortar store because we're often we're often comparing online as the same as a bricks and mortar store. But actually, mm. it's different in this place because you know if we were if we were going to create an, a, a bedding store, you know we would sort of go, oh yeah, we're going to have the emporium of bedding. We're going to have loads of bedding. We're going to have all sort of different shapes, colors, sizes. You know, different thread counts, different yeah. qualities because you're going to go. We've got to become known as this massive place. You get every choice of bedding, whereas online it's different and it becomes yeah. a paradox of choice so if we complicate and the other thing is you know we've got we've got a cool and crisp and we've got a luxurious soft and buttery and one's one's a cheaper price point and one's a high, more expensive price point if you put something in the middle it's like oh hang on you know does that yeah how does that it doesn't help it doesn't does work it? yeah it, it just it doesn't work no. it, co- it overcomplicates it so the reality was that we needed to reduce the amount of lines that we were selling in the bedding to hone in on the colours mm. that were that were very popular, and get rid of the ones mm. that, and make sure we go for, obviously buy one and then bring in the other categories. And here was the other, here's the other interesting thing: there are other categories that we're that we're bringing in um, that that some of them will be recruitment products. And some of them will be retention products. So let me tell you what what I mean. So you, you, you know, we're walking around. And we, you know, you and I know, you know, for a recruitment product, we like products that are, you know, eighty dollars, you know, eighty eighty plus average order value, uh, you know, margin of like sixty five percent, lifetime customer value of twice a year. That's what we look for, mm. you know, as a recruitment. Yeah. You know, but you know. From a retention perspective, if you if you've got like a filler product, because you can you you can add products to get the average order value up. So in this case, yeah, cushions like you, you know we could never recruit on a cushion because it's twenty twenty dollars average order value. You know it, it is it, you know it's too cheap. The lifetime customer value isn't there. Yeah, it'd be very very difficult to recruit on a cushion, wouldn't it? But mm. we could get mm. a cushion to to add the average order value to add it to you know an existing bedding set and all of a sudden that might add mm. you know 10 20 30 dollars to the to the overall order and that takes our average order value over 100 pounds and all of a yeah. sudden that means that we can take our we, we can we can spend more and maintain the same ROAS mm. and what was interesting um was that someone was talking talk to someone in, in America who said does a lot of bedding and they said they recruited on, on shirts and shirts, <laughs> sheets and duvet covers and all that kind of stuff. And then at Christmas, they had these kind of like men's robes and women's kind of bathrobes as gifts. And that's really where yeah. they made a huge amount of money from all the people they recruited. Yeah. And so therefore, in an e-commerce site, when you're thinking of other categories, it's almost like brand extension because you are, you are extending your brand. And you need to think along the side of, what does the customer believe that we can do? Because if you're selling luxury bedding, the job to be done is having a luxurious night's sleep and also the bedroom looks beautiful. So if they believe you can make their bedroom a beautiful place, therefore they would then extend to like yeah. a, a, a bath lounge. Whereas if you started selling like some tableware for a kitchen, that wouldn't be in their mind. They go, well, you know, that this website that's what they do in their mind. So there's suddenly you're coming out with something else and it doesn't fit. Yeah. So you have to be, you have to think about what 
when you've made the sale, because you make the sale, they consume the product a brand is built. They then start to think of that business as the thing that does the thing. And then you go, well, if they believe that we can do the thing, what else would that make them believe mm. that we can do? So when you're looking for brand extension, that's what you should be looking within the same pocket as that. And then it yeah. becomes a lot easier. I mean, but, so, yeah, it's essentially you've got, you've got two parts to every e-com business. Uh, and these are two very, very, very important parts. And without them, it's very difficult to scale. Um, you need yeah. your strong recruitment. So you need a recruitment hat. So you say, what are we going to yeah. recruit new customers on? You know, what are the products? You know, what's the offer architecture? What are we really going to drive hard on Google Shopping and Facebook ads? What's our, yeah. what's our, what's our real recruitment driver? And then on the other side of the room, you've got your retention. You know, you've got, yeah. your, you've got your lifetime customer value. And that can be a very different type of product. Um, and it can be a different strategy. You know, but if that's, if that's strong it means that you've got the confidence to really go after the recruitment hard because you've got the lifetime customer value up. And you know, in, mm. in, in our case, the product that we've chosen in the bedding world, you know, it's quite, it's quite good lifetime customer value. Because, you know, they, they buy the bedding, they love it, it's great, and they go, oh, we'll get it for the next spare bedroom. And the, grand, the granny, you know, you know mm. you've got other bedrooms and you can, and oh, we'll get another set, we'll get another set, we'll get another set. And it's quite good, but often that isn't the case you know, in certain cases, you know, they're, they're, they're just not going to buy again. So you've got to think, what yeah. else can they buy? And I think, I think that dressing gown, that lounge, that sleepwear is a good example, that gift one there. You know, they're not going to recruit, probably, they might recruit a bit on the, on the loungewear. Mm. You know, but mainly it's a retention product. Yeah, you know, I so, mean, it'd be, much, it'd be much more likely that they would buy a sheet enjoy the sheet and do a bit of it and buy buy the robe rather than buy the robe and then think we'd be good at sheets yeah you know what i mean because it's it's not the way it works if you if they buy a robe they're going to think oh these guys make beautiful comfortable clothing and then you come out with a sheet and you go yeah that doesn't work that doesn't work in my mind yeah but it's and this it's is like exactly what um uh you know neon you know the candles, the homework. You know the the, the beautiful candles, yeah. and they, they do. This is what they do. I mean, they'll they'll buy specific products for gifts. You know, yeah. You know, there'll be a little Christmas gift set, and it works. You know, and they'll and they'll they'll launch it around October, November. And it'll have a good offer on it, and they'll sell. You're not going to make me sell. You're not make me sell bloody yeah. candles, though. Gifts. I feel like gift boxes. I feel like I've uh, I've. Do you know bloody... what? Um, you know what? Well, I think you know what. If you're recruiting new customers. Up for gifting, we've always said that's hard. Yeah, you know, we always said that's difficult. But actually, if you if you if you can tag on a gift to your existing customers, you know, and it's you haven't got to pay the recruitment cost, mm. it's fine. But the other thing we're doing, so so basically, what we're saying in a nutshell is, you know, look at it like, you know, from a very very simplistic perspective. We looked at the target machine. Well, how can we double? How could we go from, you know, doing you know, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a day to thirty thirty thousand dollars a day. I mean, what would have to happen? And it's like, well, where's it gonna come from? Is it gonna come from um, you know, ROAS and traffic and margin? Probably a little bit of that and conversion, certainly. Yeah, you can always get mm. more out of the tank. But fundamentally, we're not gonna double conversion. You know, and ROAS isn't gonna just go you know, skyrocket from three to six. You know, it's gotta mm. it's gotta be something else. So you know, in this case, and it, you know, we're not going to get it from doing bedding because we've got we've got bloody big enough range anyway. 
too big. So it's like it's got with the other categories. Here's um, something I've noticed, Ian, and, and I need to, to work with you on this, actually, is that we did a split test where on the product page, it took you to the um, – I think it's like, it's like you come to the product page. It's, it's a duvet cover, and it takes you to – the split test is taking you like underneath the product title to the bedding sets, or it took underneath it took them to the category, like the, the parent category. Yeah. If it took them to the bedding sets, then the conversion rate went up, but the average order value went down. Um, if you took them to the category, the average order value went up, but the conversion rate went down. And so what that means is, is that putting bedding sets together means the conversion rate goes up because it's done for them. But if you allowed them to, to, to shop on their own, they actually buy slightly more because they might want, you know, in the bedding set, there's only yeah. like one sheet and there's like two pillowcases. But if you're buying and yourself, you just go, oh, I'll get a couple of sheets. I'll get yeah, this. three, four, so, yeah. So the, 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 the trick then is to kind of allow them to do both, is to yeah. kind of allow them to get the bedding sets, but actually also be able to kind of change the amounts in them yeah. And, 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 yeah. And, and go and get extra ones. So by split testing, you can kind of start to see, you know, the difference yeah. between and I thought that well, was kind, you know, of, kind I, of interesting. I, I think it's... I, I, with a play on average order value, you know, I always think you, you, you know, there's probably twenty percent in the pot up to. You know, if you're on a, yeah. you know, if I'm being really generous, there's probably twenty percent there in terms of, you know, when I say sort of bundling and upselling and, you yeah. know, kind of people bought this, also bought this, give me, give you know, what I mean is sort of navigational website flow, mm. top stuff, putting putting it in the right place on the website. It's probably maybe twenty percent. But the, the truth of it is, the real growths of average order value and the real growths of lifetime customer value come down to the product offering. Yeah. You know, that, that's the truth. That's the point, you know. So from a lifetime customer value perspective, you know, you could have, you know, you could follow what Mark and I say in the book and, you know, go to the lifetime customer value chapter and, and literally do it, you know, you know, copy and paste, which is what everybody should be doing. But fundamentally, some of you are going to have amazing results from that, and some of you it won't move the needle. And the difference will be is the products you're selling. Yeah, you know, so if you've you, if you've naturally got good lifetime customer value, like you're selling contact lenses, you know, you breathe on lifetime customer value, you know, as a lever in your e-commerce, yeah. you obviously you know you're going to get amazing results. But if mm. you're selling a five thousand pound one-off sofa, and you're only selling sofas. It's not, you know, it isn't going to work, is it? You have to start to think about your product mix. So that was, I mean, that's, that's very interesting. Do you know what the other thing was interesting that I, that we discovered? No, I don't. Was, was, the, was the packaging. Right. So, you know, how much to invest in packaging. So the packaging that we've got at the moment, it, it's not it's not very, not good enough. Right. You know, it's a bit flimsy. It's just, you know, it looks a bit cheap. And it doesn't, it doesn't go with the, the perceived, you know, brand you know, when mm. you actually get it and it's underwhelming. And it's interesting is, you know, we were discussing, well, how much should we invest in improving the packaging, you know, with beautiful, you know, kind of cotton bags and lovely branded boxes and nice message inside. And it's like, how far do you go with that? Yeah. And it's like, you know, because obviously the vault already, you know, but the, the thing is, it affect, the, the stat that we're, so we're going to improve our packaging, you know, it's going to, mm. it's going to be really, really nice, you know, but we said, well, we, what we want to achieve the best possible feel 
for the least amount of money. Yeah. You know, and there's obviously a middle ground, but, you know, it's going to be nice. And what we'll be checking is two things. Number one, what the returns percentage is. Yeah. So does it reduce the returns? And number two, does it increase lasting customer value? Yeah. Now, testing the returns is quite easy because it's quite quick because you tend to get the return percentage back very quickly. But the lifetime customer value is a little bit harder. So were the packaging but, people at the show as well? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, that's right. I mean, from yeah. the, you know, the same supplier that we're buying, you know, that they've got a range. And, they, it, yeah, there's loads, of, there's loads of examples. And, you know, it's kind of an emotional thing, but I'm looking at this bag and thinking, oh, God, that looks amazing. It looks so beautiful. And I think... I think the whole unboxing experience, I think it, you know, it supports the feeling that they've made the right decision. It supports word mm. of mouth. Um, and, you know, we're not selling on price anyway. So we can add, you know, three, four dollars onto the price without, yeah. without affecting anything. And, it, you know, it feels like the right thing to do. And the truth, the, truth, the other thing was really, you know, from an econ perspective in this particular market, you know, our focus is going to have to be on two very, very specific areas. Number one, um, from a website perspective, what we, we really, really have got to hone in and go more, much more deeper on is the credibility, desirability. So mm. getting much more um, you know, third-party credible trust symbols basically you know gq magazine fhm magazine good housekeeping you know mm. new york times best sheet you know best sheet in the, the whole of the internet you mm. know that kind of like real really creating the desirability and the other thing on the website is that we've got to do is de-risk it more so go mm. much more into the you know, so we were chatting about what well, could we put a you know a five-year guarantee on it you know obviously it's terms terms and conditions but could we go out with a five-year you know what we could do 10 you know, just, and then we went you know what we could do 25-year guarantee and then we thought well if we do 25-year guarantee we might have to do bloody lifetime guarantee you sure know, so, there's a diminishing returns on well on a sheet yes, it's like oh you're, like you're, a you're lifetime guarantee this is going to be but the thing is everybody knows a sheet's not going to last a lifetime i know but it, obviously there's terms attached to not it not unless you have but a very like boring how, sex life but, but at the end of the day, obviously what we're saying here is that if we are if, – how do we disrupt the market? You know, because we are going to grow by stealing market share. You know, we, you know we're going to grow by stopping the buying of somebody else. So how do we disrupt it and how do we, mm. how do we get that, that ultimate – you know, with a job to be done if they want an amazing, yeah. and you come to the beautiful, market luxurious with, sheet. So, yeah. we, so the, the how only, do we demonstrate – The only sheet with a lifetime, with a lifetime customer – guarantee or something yeah. Like that. yeah so you know so you, you know you demonstrate desirability convincibility with trust and credibility simple yeah. trust is evidence of customers and um, co- um credibility is evidence of third party sources that people trust like the media press and then how do you how do you de-risk it well you mm. you, you put a ridiculous returns policy and a ridiculous guarantee knowing that you get more out of the tank it doesn't all doesn't increase returns we've always known that Mm. You know, it doesn't increase returns. If you put if you put a massive returns policy on there, sixty days, hundred, the returns policy actually returns rate normally goes down because people aren't anxious. They've only got thirty days to return it. Money for nothing. We know, like, so we're going to go deeper in those areas. And then, obviously, the last one is the reason to act now, which is the offer architecture we've already got in place. So can I, that's from a website. Yeah, can I, I just want to ask you about the outlook for twenty twenty three in terms of and, and not. Just from a case, a case of like this show, the show you went to is obviously a big show, 
and happens every year, I presume. And, yeah. um, you know, was it busy? Were, were lots of people buying? Yeah. You know, yeah. what was the kind of feel I of feel it? it? Yeah, it was absolutely yeah. buzzing. It was buzzing. There was, there, I mean, there was hundreds, thousands of suppliers, but tens of thousands of buyers. Yeah. You know, every stand was busy. Every stand was full. You know, it was a great environment atmosphere. It doesn't feel like a recession, you know? does it? No, it definitely doesn't. Market's no. good. It market's good, especially if you get into the mindset that you were going to grow by stealing market share off the big boys, and you're going to grow by being disruptive. Yeah, you know this is this is the time that people start looking for different suppliers. Yeah, and they start looking, they start coming online, looking around, you know, to, for for new offers and new deals, and. You know that that's that's where you can. I mean, that's when we've said you know we've grown we grew a lot of econ brands in, um, during the financial crisis of two thousand eight two thousand and nine mm. because the market opened up. But there was opportunity for the smaller people to be disruptive, and that's what's yeah. happening now. So no, it felt it felt buzzing, it felt vibrant, it felt alive. Plenty mm. of plenty of growth going on. Yeah, and I think that's interesting because you you got on one side like it's interesting because like Australia. I was talking to lots of people in Australia, like they kind of like uh, similar to last year, maybe like October time, and everybody's like, "Oh my god!" It's blah, 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 blah. And then they seem to have kind of come through it and kind of been happy now. And now I'm getting the same thing with, from the Americans, same. and yeah. they kind of go, blah, blah, blah. and then the UK was kind of like maybe a couple of months ago, similar. And it's like, yeah. but they kind of go through it very quickly, and yeah. you're now seeing like that the inflation levels in America are coming down a lot more than they expected. And you know the, the America exports its inflation to the rest of the world, so it should hopefully. I mean, it's interesting, yeah. isn't it? It's like you're getting one narrative, and then you're getting another narrative, and you're going, "Yeah, this is so busy. This place is so busy. Yeah, it was fine. It was There's so many and- people with money, and then lots of people are putting loads of orders in, and it's yeah. like, well, what what's going to happen? It, it, you know, they're obviously seeing that people are buying a lot of stuff still yeah. online. Yeah, you know. and actually, it's good. I mean, what's happening now is that the, you know, they were saying that, that a lot of the a lot of the factories in India and China and and all these places have um, have got pretty decent stock now, because mm. like like a lot of the UK brands who you know we you know we put lots of stock in, they did they 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 doubled production as well, so they they you know, they've got stock, and the yeah. other thing that's happened as well is the container prices have come down a lot, so the yes, shipping from yeah. China is now like it's you know it's i mean one one company quoted um sixteen hundred dollars for a container to felix stove from wow from shanghai so it was like, like about wow. 10 grand wasn't it at the peak yeah it was yeah i mean fifteen thousand yeah. dollars so i and mean that's what took that, that's what took made.com out wasn't it yeah it really affected their their cash i mean the interesting yeah. thing was that i think we said this before but you know, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, but made um, dot com that you know they were shipping. I'm not sure if we're supposed to know this because <laughs> I got told this. You know, it, you yeah. know, on the grapevine, but um, you know, they essentially their container, the value in their container, so you know, the value of bedding in the container is like two because you can pack it really yeah. neatly. Yeah. And cram it together, but the value of a container for Made.com, which is furniture, was twenty thousand dollars. So you think yeah. about, you know, if container prices double, triple, quadruple, which they did, you know, it's had a massive effect 
but for, for you know, on each order. You know, mm. so imagine you know, mm. for bedding, we're shipping two hundred thousand dollars a container, and the yeah. container goes up from two thousand to twenty thousand. Yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a you know hit, but you know, as a proportion got. to each order, it's yeah. tiny compared yeah. to bed, compared to the made, and because they were like, shipping um, air. It's like when you've got a really low average order value, the, the delivery cost kills you because there's a percentage yeah. of the order it's much higher. So, the other thing, the other thing that was, I thought was interesting is, and I was chatting chatting about this as we were on the plane coming home. There, there is a there is a real worry, and it, there's a big gap between the UK or European and well any econ business basically all over the world where they're buying from wholesalers in their own country, mm. and and you know they're thinking about like should we go and source direct from the factories in you know, in China and in India or wherever. And, you know, there's this like, it's like a massive jump into the unknown. It and is. I think it was, I think mm. it was for us quite a few years ago. We were like, what? That's like, that's like voodoo. Like, you know, we were really reluctant to think about it or do it. And, you know, and, and obviously we've done it and we've, we've gone it. And as you walk around, you know, these stands, you know, you know, it's a, it's a lot easier than, than it used to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a lot easier, you know, because, and, and and actually the suppliers, interestingly, I mean, when they were sat with us, you know, they you know they were really helpful. And they were like saying, "Look, we want, we don't want you buy stuff that sits on your in your warehouse in the UK. Mm. Like, we want we want you to buy stuff that is going to have a great throughput. It's going to sell quickly, so you can do replenishment. You can come back." So yeah. you know we're 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 going to advise you what's selling in America and what's selling in Europe and what's because you know we're going to we're going to keep it simple, don't go crazy because we know if you ha- if you have stuff from us that's going to sit on the warehouse you're not going to put your orders in again which mm. is exactly what happened at part of last year yeah so anyway I think there's a just what I'd say is because ultimately there's quite a few e-com businesses that will be listening to this where you know they'll be they'll be buying from wholesalers in their own country and they'll be they'll be used, they'll be on margins of like 30 35 percent mm. and they'll be like you know really struggling and well ultimately they're going to get eaten int- they're going to get eaten and that's yeah, the problem they're just they're just, mm. they're just not you know, and you know and you just can't it's very difficult to scale it because you know you might be able to do 500 million turnover because you're very lean you might be running it you know, in a very, very lean way without much cost. But if you try and scale it, you're going to need, you know, much more infrastructure. You need to invest in staff and people and growth and advertising, et cetera, et cetera. And you're going to need the bigger margin. It's very interesting. And well, we were actually chatting about, well, there's going to, about, you know, bridging the gap between, you know, how do we actually go and source direct and what you've got to, mm. you know, what the pitfalls are and how you start it and all that. What we're you know, seeing though is this, credit terms. There's, a, there's a step. There's those three steps, and what's going to happen? And I think it's interesting to have it navigate. So the first one was everybody started selling from local suppliers, like wholesale. So in the UK, getting stuff from UK wholesale suppliers and selling it online. That was the first stage of e-commerce. Same, same in America yeah. and Australia. Then people started going direct to the to the factories in America, uh, in in India and China and those kind of stuff. And then the third stage of it is actually the factories in China and India starting to sell directly to consumers with their own brands yeah. in, the, in yeah. their countries. Yeah. And so if you are an e-commerce owner that's 
in in the second, you know, you've gone over and you've sourced the stuff. It's so important for you to build your own brand up because that's your yeah. moat around your business. Um, because that's what's sellable. Yeah, completely. That's definitely what's happening. I mean, you saw that. I mean, that that I was I saw this at the show. Yeah, and we've been approached. We've the, been approached by the actual factories now to to sell directly. Yeah. In in yeah. in their in in America, and I've been I've been approached by a couple of Chinese factories in the past, and and you know you've been approached by a couple of Indian factories, and obviously they want us to be part of it. But you can see from their point of view. The reason for that is because they'll have someone, you know, they'll be selling twenty million dollars worth of sheets to somebody, and then they'll turn their personal turn around in America and say, yeah. "Oh, we're switching suppliers," and they, they go, lose the "Well, I've got all these staff and I've got all these things, so I don't want that. I, I want to control the brand." So, yeah, bloody stressful, mm. completely. Yeah, and the same thing as on Amazon as well. You know, the conversation around Amazon and eBay and the marketplaces, yeah. you know, where you might get the volume, but you know, you don't own the customer, you don't have a brand, and your business isn't worth anything. Mm. Mm. And and that's interesting. And I was talking to the supplier about that. Yeah, you know about how the difference between doing it through you know marketplaces and having your own brand. And yeah, it's hard. It's harder. But the payoff ultimately is that you you create you're creating a brand, and you know you're you're actually communicating directly with the customer. Yeah, you know, which, which you know which pays off. But no, it's interesting, fascinating. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, I think we'll leave it there. That's a, a nice a nice yeah. kick off to the twenty twenty three looking at e-commerce from a you know purchasing point of view and which ranges to add and which ones not to add and not overcomplicating your business and um, awesome um well, what i'm going to do is i'm in the we're going to do a workshop on the 26th of january a free workshop on basically going into how we've built the demo store so far um and give people a chance to come onto 20k core program so that's going to be available. Um, you can sign up for that workshop in the show notes. Um, so if you, you do want to join us, it'll be me uh, live for an hour and a half going through um, everything on a visual recording with um, not, not a recording. It's going to be live, but it's going to be on my screen, screen share. So if you want to sign up to that, um, have a look in the show notes. Live, live in person. Yeah. have to get you to do one wow. soon as well. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Awesome test see which one's the which one's the better brother yeah who can make, who can make the most <laughs> um all right guys thank you very much okay Cheers. thanks a lot bye